0: This is Spin Control, a fibercraft podcast by a joyful girl. Spinning, turn a spinning wheel. Make me some of your magic thread. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 16 of Spin Control: Big Dreams. This, of course, is your host, Shiloh, and I'm happy to be back with you for another week. To those of you returning listeners, thanks for coming back for another listen, and to all of our new listeners, thanks for giving us a try. We'll kick this podcast off right away with some updates. I wanted to remind everybody in the St. Louis area that next week is the big Summer's Last Blast yarn crawl for all of our St. Louis area yarn shops. There are five one, two, three, four, five, six yarn shops involved in the crawl. And it runs from about 10 o'clock in the morning to about 8 p.m. depending on which day of the week you are out and about. The event runs from Friday, July 30th through Sunday, August 1st. And I know that myself and my knit group, a handful of us, we will be out in force and I'm really looking forward to it. I really like to spend my money on the local economy and help out our local knit shops and I'm even thinking about looking for some locally produced yarns and fibers while I'm out and about to see what I can pick up. But for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I will likely be tweeting from the road. Hopefully I'll have some mobile photo uploads and you'll get to share that event with us and I'll probably have my Ravelry ID badge on so that if you spot me out and about feel free to say hello and I hope to see some of those local folks out there this coming weekend it should be a lot of fun and that's about all I've got in updates this week there's not a whole lot going on I just want to apologize to you guys in advance if my voice drives you crazy I got a little summer cold and hopefully that'll pass by soon maybe some of you will find it sultry but if not Hope it doesn't drive you crazy throughout the rest of the episode. And we should probably kick that off now. So let's get this podcast started. This week in Spin a Tale, I'm going to share with you one of those quirky little stories about the way that my family drives me crazy. I promised you last week that even though I'm getting a little bit more organized, these quirky little stories will not go away because this is my life. So I am... Recording this on a Thursday, of course. Wednesday morning, maybe 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm sitting at work, and I hear my phone vibrate, and it's a text message from my dear, sweet, loving spouse. Now, you know I love my husband. He is a great guy. He takes good care of my babies, and my house, and my lawn, and he is working now toward his degree so that when I retire, I no longer have to work, and I can craft as a profession. Now, my husband is very adventurous, and the adventure he took on this week was children's haircuts. Yes, he cut my daughter's hair. I found out about this through a photo that was texted to me at work at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, and the photo was of my youngest child at age nine, sweet as she is, with the biggest grin on her face and a huge pile of hair in her hands, inches and inches of length he cut off. Her hair was probably down just below her shoulders. And she hasn't really had like longer hair ever, but she really wanted to grow it out. And she did. But for some reason, I don't know why, I think it was all the chlorine, with the summer and swim team and all that, her hair started to drive her crazy because it was getting really difficult to brush and keep, you know, free of tangles because of, you know, it was getting so dry and sun bleached and stuff. So she asked for the haircut. She asked me the other night and I said no. And she told me, well, I'll just ask daddy. He'll cut it right now. And she was right. Dad cut her hair. He probably cut six inches off. And now it's like in the middle of her ear. That's how long it is granted it looks adorable however the preferred method to inform your spouse that you've cut your child's hair is not through photos sent via text I just thought I'd put that out there for you guys all in all the haircut was successful she does look adorable and she'll be ready to start school here in a couple weeks so I guess I'll get over it but it was surely a shock to the system And now we're on to spinning my wheels. In spinning, of course, you know that all I had been doing pretty much for the last three or four weeks was tour de fleece. Now that tour de fleece is over, spinning and I are on a break. It's just a break. We're not through. We can see other crafts, but we're on a break. Our relationship is definitely not over, but I'm going to give my mind a little bit of a rest. And then I think I'm going to visit my little Carlin for a while and maybe spin something on my wheel. But I haven't decided what yet. In sewing, I did make a little bit of progress there. I had two little bags looming, and those were looming for quite some time, but I managed to get all of their top stitching done, finish their straps, and sew buttonholes, and attach looped closures to one, and the only thing left I have to do is hand sew buttons onto them, and then they'll be completely finished, and that makes me happy. In addition to that, I, did a little bit of cutting. I cut up a pair of pants that I'm going to turn into project bags. And by my calculations, out of the pant legs, I should be able to get two unlined drawstring bags, that's the plan, and one lined tote bag with pockets, one interior and one exterior. So that should be pretty cool. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with I don't know what it's called, the body of the pants, you know where the zipper is and the top and your bum. I don't know if I'm gonna do anything with that. I might use that bit to build the straps for the tote bag and maybe extract one of the pockets and turn that into a little Notion pouch because it has a zipper on it. So that's what I've got planned for my sewing. That's pretty awesome, makes me happy. And in knitting, I feel like I'm actually making progress again in knitting, even though I'm working on those same tired projects. I turned four heels. I managed to salvage enough yarn on my little travel socks that I turned the heel and turned the heel on both socks and I'm getting ready to knit that little bit of cuff. It's been a pain though because I, on the one sock, I knit fine. I can just keep going and going and going except I'm knitting two at a time on magic loop. So when I get to the other sock that has the tangled ball, I have to untangle like three or four yards and then knit until I can't knit anymore. And because I was turning the heels like one at a time, that that one sock went super smooth the whole time. Just turn the heel and then I was done. But the other one was untangle a little bit, knit. Untangle a little bit, knit. It was a pain, but it's done. And I think that I should be able to get all the way through the little mini cuff on those socks here probably in the next week. And hopefully I'll have a finished project soon. And also on my hand spun socks, I turn those heels as well. And those I'm not knitting two at a time on magic loop. I am knitting them two at a time though. I'm using two sets of double pointed needles. That makes me very happy. It's less fidgety than the magic loop, but I'm still maintaining equal progress on both socks. Like depending on what the pattern I'm using is, I'll knit like an inch or two pattern repeats or whatever it is, and then switch to the other sock and complete the equal amount so that they stay the same length the whole time. I even made a little measurable progress on cobblestone. By measurable, I mean I finished the ball that I was working on and started a whole other skein. So that's progress in a sense, even though when I look at the stupid thing, it doesn't look like I'm making any progress. I probably have 12 inches, 13 maybe, maybe 13 inches of the boring body completed. But it's progress nonetheless, and I have a measurement, and that makes me extremely happy. Now, let's get on to the reason that this podcast is entitled Big dreams. Remember that whole big plan I had for Christmas in July and how I was going to call the stash. Now, part of calling the stash included cleaning up my room and making sure the floor was clean enough that I could dump the entire stash on my bedroom floor. Yeah, that didn't really happen because um, once I started cleaning up the floor, why was my floor so dirty? It wasn't that dirty. The issue is that. We had the Dalmatian for about a week. Now, my mother in law has our Dalmatian, and that's a really long and sordid story. But we lived overseas and we couldn't take her with us because when we traveled, it was too hot and the airlines wouldn't fly her. So she stayed with my mother in law on an eight acre farm, and she's lived there for the past four years now, and she loves it. She's a Dalmatian, she can run the entire farm. She can run the neighbor's farm, and she doesn't bother anybody, and she loves it. She gets plenty of exercise, and she's a super happy dog. So we cannot bring her back to our little one acre and try to keep her as a house dog again because the poor dog would just be miserable. However, she does come to visit us. We do get visitation rights, (laughs) and like when my mother-in-law goes out of town and stuff, she'll come and stay with us. She's a great dog. I've heard people say things negative about Dalmatians, you know, they're really hyper, they've got a lot of energy, they're nippy. She's just a fantastic dog. Our Dalmatian is so good. She's tame, she does get hyper, but she likes to play. So we take her out and we play with her. But when we're in the house, she chills with us, lays down at our feet, she's just a relaxed, loving dog. She is gets right back into the normal routine and she sleeps on our bedroom floor. Dalmatians, I'm not sure if you know, if you're aware, but they shed year round. They're not a good outdoor dog because they don't have like the whole winter coat, summer coat deal. They just shed year round. She sheds, we have two other dogs and they're both miniatures. We have a miniature dachshund no, and a full-size Yorkie and she sheds like their weight every day. So I can't just go throw in my yarn stash on my bedroom floor because it would all be white and black and prickly no matter what the yarn content was. It would be an awful mess but anyhow when i set out to clean the bedroom floor i got to noticing all the other things in my bedroom that needed to be organized our bedroom is gigantic it is 17 feet wide by 25 feet long and because of its size that's like our home office lives on one side of our bedroom and the bedroom stuff lives on the other side and that makes for a lot of storage of stuff in our master bedroom we have some shelves and everything, that's it's really nice, but like all the papers that we have in our house that need to be shred are in the master bedroom, and all of the bills and stuff that need to be organized and filed are in the master bedroom. So when I started trying to clean up the floor to get some of these other things done, I noticed what a gigantic mess the room was, and my big dreams of calling through my stash were not realized. And I seem to do that to myself quite a bit. I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna conquer this humongous thing and I'm gonna get it done, right? Yeah, I never ever have the amount of time I need to conquer any of these big projects like I hope to. So they always take two to three times longer. I have big dreams, you know? It's like a little kid sitting down to try to eat an entire cake. It's just not gonna happen. Big dreams, very little fulfillment sometimes. But that's okay, I'll get over it. Um, I'm gonna keep dreaming big, I think. Dreaming big gives me these grandiose ideals And I usually keep plugging through so I don't end up disappointed. I end up happy in the end and I guess that's really all that matters. So hopefully this weekend, I will actually accomplish the master bedroom cleaning so that I can dip into that stash and start calling it. Now, I don't want you to think that my Christmas in July planning has faltered just because I didn't get the master bedroom clean. But now that it is no longer going to be July, we're gonna call this Christmas Conquest 2010. And that is what I've got going on in my knitting right now. I haven't cast anything on, but last week I asked everyone if they would post on Ravelry some of their ideas of quick, simple winter accessory projects that they really enjoyed. And we got quite a bit of contributions that made me super, super happy. Um, a couple of the ideas and suggestions that we had. The pattern Felicity is a cute little hat. I absolutely love that. I'm definitely definitely going to try it. Another listener recommended a pattern called Beechwood, which is a cute little cowl. And I totally dug that one as well. I really like texture, especially when it comes to winter accessory projects. So a lot of the suggestions that we got made me super, super happy. We also had a posting of some photos of some gloves called something or other. Broad Street, the Broad Street Mittens from Knitty. That was a recommendation from one of the listeners. Anyhow, I'm not going to go through every single recommendation that we had, but I will say thank you so much to everybody who posted on the forums, and it would be awesome if we could keep those suggestions going. I mean, even if you're running across patterns now or trying new things and you would recommend it, go ahead and post it. We'll keep it up there. We'll keep that thread going throughout Christmas Conquest 2010. And we can post our progress there and recommendations and all that sorts of good stuff. And it'll also be a good tool, not just for me, but for everybody else. Even if you don't plan on posting to the thread, go on over and check out other people's recommendations. It should make for a lot of interesting stuff. In addition to getting those suggestions, I, of course, I think I mentioned it a little bit. I have a bunch of stuff in my queue and... Okay, maybe not so much in my queue. I have a bunch of stuff in my queue and in my favorites. Probably mostly in my favorites. Let me take a peek. Look, I have the laptop in here and I'm using it. I actually favorited some of those items that were recommended by the listeners. And in addition, I've got, I have like 10 cowls queued. And they're all pretty simple looking items. Um, oh, the mustard scarf I hear is an awesome, easy knit and something I'm definitely going to try. It'd probably be a great little hand-spun project. And I've got some other yarns there that I'm going to call out in the stash and make a bunch of those. That should be awesome. And it's a bunch of projects like that, so you can definitely go over there and check out my favorites on my queue and see what i got going on for these projects. That's what I've been up to, organizing those projects and get my ideas together while I wait for the stash call <laughs> so I can get something more cast on. And I'm probably actually going to take the Wham Bam Thank You Lamb that I have cast on out with me this weekend on the Yarn Crawl so I can knit on that a little bit since it is Christmas Conquest time. Either that or the Cobblestone. Cobblestone would make for easy conversational knitting. So that is what I've got going on in spinning my wheels. Feel free to take on Christmas Conquest 2010. I know I'm going to keep diving into it and keep it going through the end of the year because I definitely want to benefit myself by cleaning out the stash and benefit those around me by making lovely things. So that's all I've got in spinning my wheels. This week, I am all spun up about Rocket Pops. For those of you who are not familiar, Rocket Pops are a delightful summer treat. They are pretty much like frozen Kool-Aid, if you're familiar but they are, they're popsicle. And the classic rocket pop is red, white, and blue striped. And they are so delicious. I haven't had a rocket pop in years. And I was over at my mother-in-law's house and everybody was having orange sherbet. And I don't like orange sherbet. And she said, would you like a rocket pop? There's one in the freezer. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I would love a rocket pop. They're awesome. So, I totally felt like a kid eating that Rocket Pop in this horribly miserable hot weather that we've had. The Rocket Pop was definitely a delightful and welcome treat. That is a short little all spun up segment. But if you get the opportunity, have a Rocket Pop. They make you feel like a kid and they're yummy and delicious. Perfect for a hot summer day. This week, I am going to put my spin on a book called toe-up techniques for hand knit socks by Janet Refield. I'm not sure if you figured this out yet about me or not, but I'm one of those knitters who really, really, really likes knitting books. When I want to learn something, knitting, spinning, etc. sewing, I go look for a book. When I decided that I wanted to learn to knit toe-up socks, this book was one of my primary tools in teaching myself how to do so. I already knew how to knit socks. I had probably only knit about three pair at that time but I searched. It's not a huge book. This book only has 64 pages but in my opinion it is packed full of techniques for the beginning toe-up sock knitter that make it a fantastic resource. It really does start from the beginning. It teaches you pretty much everything from how to measure your foot and pick the sock size that you're going to knit And then it goes, you know, background on yarn and things like that. But then it goes on into the technique stuff. There, in this book, there are multiple cast ons for toe up socks, there are multiple bind offs for toe up socks and multiple heel turns for toe-up socks. And that is one of the things that I find particularly useful about this book. Every time I want to use a short row heel to turn a sock, even if it's something like one of my improvised designs, I go to this book. This book has step-by-step instructions for all of those techniques and, in my opinion, excellent illustrations. The illustrations are two color illustrations and the active yarn is highlighted in a darker color so that you can see exactly what's going on, where your needle should be, which way the stitch should be, whether you're picking it up knitwise or purlwise, which way you're wrapping your yarn, etc. And they're just really great illustrations to go along with the easy directions and every literally every time I'm gonna turn a short row heel I go to this book it is a turn to resource for me when I'm knitting toe-up socks and it's super useful also included in this book is some really great projects the projects start about halfway through the book and there are multiple sock patterns in here that use a combination of all of those techniques that are illustrated in the beginning of the book so that you can put them right into practice now I'm not sure if you've learned this about me or not, but despite the fact that I have 91 books in my knitting library, I rarely knit from my books. So I haven't really knit any of the patterns in the book, even though I totally want to knit a couple of them. They're super cute, and I've got all that sock yarn just waiting to become a couple pairs of these socks. So, I highly recommend Toe-Up Techniques for hand-knit socks for anyone who wants to learn how to knit socks from the toe up and that is my spin on this book well it looks like we have come to the close of episode 16 of spin control thanks again for listening to the podcast and I just want to say I'm really having a great time doing this and I want you all to know that despite how much trouble I get myself into I'm gonna keep dreaming big and I think that those big dreams are just gonna keep driving me forward so we can all get some stuff done and have a little fun doing it thank you all again for tuning in to listen I really really appreciate it to those of you who are contributing on the Ravelry board that is such fun I really enjoy it and I also am having a blast communicating with everybody over on Twitter this week's song is summertime by brother love and as always you can check the show notes at spincontrolpodcast.com, email me at a knits at gmail.com, catch me on Ravelry as a joyful girl, or follow me on Twitter as a joyful girl Maid. All right everybody, catch you next time and keep dreaming big When I was young) And now